We are I. Good morning, everybody, on this beautiful early Wednesday morning. You know, I was just scrolling through my news feed and my several different sources, you know, that I get my news from, and I try to be as objective as I can and, you know, lean into multiple different avenues to be able to get this news in. One of them's Google News. You know, another one's Twitter. My Twitter feed is a little bit more, you know, right-leaning, a little bit more conservative, you know, Google News is obviously a little bit more left. And, you know, then I read multiple other sources, you know, in between that, you know, whether it just be like CTV or um, Global News, you know, Al Jazeera is a little bit more, you know, all encompassing on the right and the left and getting a little bit more information that you wouldn't normally get in Canada. Obviously, all the Canadian news publications are a lot more left leaning. But the one thing that I came to a conclusion this morning is, I'm really tired as a citizen of, I would say, North America, specifically Canada, and then specifically BC, you know, because all your, all we are really being filtered is this, this news that doesn't make much sense, you know, and I'll expand upon this, you know, because this really has everything to do with what's happening politically in the West, and I realized this because of these economic sanctions on Russia and realizing how much of a facade this actually is. You know, because although there's these economic sanctions that the West has put on Russia, it hasn't really done anything and has actually propped up Russia's economy, you know, ever so slightly, but it's about to be able to get a major bump. You know, because before these sanctions happen, what most people don't know, especially with oil, is that there was massive, massive purchases on oil. You know, because they were stockpiling. You know, like countries were stockpiling Russian oil before these sanctions came on because they they knew they had to. So how much did that really hurt the Russian oil sector? You know, maybe a little bit. You know, but ours has been hurt by our own prime minister here in Canada simply because he has this ideal that you know, we should have a zero carbon footprint and everybody should be walking, riding bikes or, you know, riding in electric cars, driving in electric cars that allegedly do nothing to harm the planet, which is again, a facade, you know, but, you know, we have our own political leaders here doing the same thing to ourselves. So that what we're doing to Russia, except for, you know, we don't have these massive buys of our oil stockpiles. But not only that, specifically in Russia, this is only so temporary because these sanctions cannot last past, you know, mid-fall, you know, in the EU. Because in the EU, a lot of people would die and starve to death if these Russian oil sanctions kept going past them because they absolutely have to keep on buying oil. Because this is how they heat their homes and this is where they get the gas for their cars, their transportation, their food production, their food transportation, all of these things. You know, like, this is where it comes from, is from Russia. So to temporarily put these sanctions on, thing is going to do something and then we might hold up those sanctions here, but the European Union is not. So you, what, for maybe six months, 
You know, you hurt uh, an industry that makes billions and billions and billions of dollars a year. So how much does that really actually hurt them economically? Because they're still going to use that oil inside Russia. It's not like you've cut off their oil supply. You're saying, well, we've cut off their ability to be able to make money to fund the war. Well, how's that happened? Or how's that worked out for you? Not very goddamn well. So again, we want to sit, you know, we want to pound on our chest saying we're doing all these things. But why not report that? Why not report that saying that, you know, we can put these sanctions on, but they're going to be completely useless because Russia can hold out and is willing to hold out and play the long game because they know that the European Union has to buy their oil. Specifically, Germany is in a really tough spot. They absolutely have to keep on buying their oil coming up like mid-fall because by winter, it's an absolute necessity. And like I said, the same thing with many European countries. So all of this is actually for nothing. Because if you're going to put those economic sanctions on, you should at the same time put a big military push on. But again, because you're not willing to do that, it's because the United States is slowly buying the Ukraine because all these aid packages that the United States, you know, is um, offering, air quotes, the Ukraine. Well, a lot of people don't know because, again, the media is not willing to actually put out the backstory of saying that, yes, they're approving these 30 and 40 billion dollar packages but it's in trade for land. This is a, a security that is traded that is backed by Ukrainian land. Ukrainian people and the Ukraine is going into massive, massive debt. They will be in trillions of dollars of debt at the end of this war to the West. Because again, nobody's giving them free money. They may be giving them a discount on weapons, but those weapons are at a cost because it may be at a discount up front, but the interest charged over the decades it's going to cost or take to be able to pay back this cost, they're going to be paying far more. Because it wasn't until just a few short years ago that Britain paid off their debt to the West from World War I. Maybe it was World War II, but who cares? That's only you know a few decades in between, but it was also 80, 90, 100 years ago. So think of that for a moment. That it took that long for Britain to pay back its debt to the West because of the cost of the war. You know, when the Germans were advancing and they needed those resources. So how long is it going to take for the Ukraine to do that? Or on the flip side of that is, what is the West going to do in the Ukraine to be able to help collect some of that money? Because they're not going to be able to collect it as fast as maybe is what they want. Here's that strategic land play. Those natural resources, the reason why that Russia wants it, because of their pipeline that goes through the Ukraine, you know, because of all the rich farmland that's in the Ukraine, you know, securing longevity. So, you know, when we look at some of these things, why not tell the whole story? Because some of these key talking points make a big fundamental difference on how we may be able to perceive things. Even then you want to steer off the war in the Ukraine and Russia and, you know, the, the geopolitics that that comes into play. But then you take our own geopolitics here where you have the new UCP leaders in Alberta, you know, vowing, especially after what Western has done with mandating these vaccines and saying that they will there will be absolutely no more masks ever worn 
in Alberta. There will be no more mandates in Alberta. There will be no more children missing activities or school because of COVID or related diseases. That is not going to happen because Jason Kenney passed that legislation. It is illegal in Alberta. And they are willing to be able to uphold that. The new UCP leaders, especially that woman, I can't remember what her name is, is she's a staunch advocate on making sure that none of these policies ever exist in Alberta again. But then you come to BC and they do. Or you go just broadly out in Canada and realize that there's millions and millions and millions of Canadians who cannot leave Canada. We are still in the biggest open air prison in the world. The only comparables are North Korea. You know, we're just a bigger landmass. But recognize that, that there is millions of Canadians, a sixth of our population approximately, maybe even a fifth now, the population in Canada is not allowed to leave Canada. Is literally one of the biggest open-air prisons in the entire world. Or the biggest open-air prison in the entire world because of you know, politics and because of the lives of our leaders and, you know, how that if living here in BC, right along the border, that I could travel for 20 minutes and go down to the United States and none of these rules exist, you know, when I cross this imaginary line going from Canada to the United States. And more importantly, that I could, you know, drive for eight hours to the BC Alberta border. And the same thing if BC implements them because BC is one of the first that wants to implement all these ridiculous Graconian, you know, measures. But I could drive to Alberta and they would cease to exist. You know, because it's all just a facade because people just aren't willing to be honest anymore and let people live their lives and stop with the meddling. You know, because that's all this really is. It's just meddling to be able to control how you think and giving you little tidbits of information to be able to skew how you perceive and what you want to think instead of giving you all of the facts all of the time and allowing you to make a sound decision because you'll realize the same thing that we all realize is how full of shit so many people are, especially people in politics and especially, you know, this upper, you know, elite class of politicians is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, it might be one of those things where there's seemingly not a lot of inspiration in this podcast today, but you know, when it, what the, what the point is behind this is just look past the headline, look past what somebody may want to tell you, look past what the mainstream narrative is, because this is where the truth lies. And there's always going to be a little bit of truth on the right and the left of any perspective, you know, but we owe it to ourselves just so that you can have an intelligent conversation with people who are willing to be able to do that same digging, that same information digging, you know, that having that same intellectual property floating around between their ears. You know, so we all deserve this. We all deserve to have better quality conversation with people and just being armed with an actual real true opinion that's, you know, backed with facts. Don't be scared to educate yourself. So that's the real point of this podcast. You know, maybe not a question of the day, but the message of the day is just don't be scared to educate yourself in a, in a day and time where we're being told what to think.